You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. No, stop, wait, don't skip over this introduction. I have something very, very important to tell you. Um, We're just a couple episodes away from episode 200. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast that long, but here we are. Uh, Episode 200 is right around the corner, and to celebrate, we're going to be doing a live podcast recording at Turbo House on February 5th at 8 p.m. Um, all the details are going to be on Facebook very soon, but uh, you're, you, our listeners, are the first ones to find out. So yes, live episode 200 at Turbo House, February 5th, 8 p.m. And also, I guess, spoilers, it may be Walter's last episode. Wow, wow. Um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be pay what you can, so don't worry about it. We'd love to see you come out. Uh, once again, February 5th, 8 p.m. Turbo House episode 200 live. Go plug yourself. And now the re uh, the episode that you planned on listening to. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. Go plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. It's Walter and Keith. On the topic and i That's know how to fix it hit play it's recording now Uh-oh. tell us what you're fixing dimitri what what are you, what are you fixing today <laughs> dimitri fixes things a new podcast on 95.cc canadian version of the fixer yeah uh it's tumultuous times i read i made the comment on my uh instagram stories or whatever that just instagram stories are now world war three memes and that shit on people's forehead that says what blur are you that's scary, what, no. That's what Instagram stories are. It's like people being like, hey, I'm a yeah. Disney character. Yeah. I'm Nemo. Yeah. And then it's like World War Three is starting. You see Zelda Williams got uh, Aladdin. Her dad, yeah. Her dad. Aww. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That's fun. What is war are random. you? <laughs> it's, just, it's just random. Like, that was a nice coincidence. In, in dark times, that was a nice little bit of levity. But yeah. I think that that's where, that's like, it's so funny that that's where we're at <laughs> in 2020, where you're just sort of like, oh man, like. World's falling apart. Yeah. What Harry Potter character are you? Yay! The world falls like apart every twenty years, though. We gotta keep moving it's forward. Really falling apart. And we're just looking for a little, you know. I release. subscribe to a premium news service called The Correspondent, based on like this Danish thing. It's very good. But they literally wrote an article being like, "You should read less news." They're like, "It's you d- oh. it's, it's bad. No it's no bad." Doubt. And like th- outside of the things you can control, you shouldn't know oh. those things. Your brain is not designed to have the shit. Of the world on top of it. It's too much. I, when I lived back home with my old man and my, my mom, it was just like, wake up Are every morning. Are you old man? I could, yeah, what do you like, think old man. The, yeah. I'm with it. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. my old man. You would always have the TV on in the morning. And it's yeah. just like, I can't handle this shit, man. Because yeah. it's just this news I don't need. I don't need this. A lot of CNN. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a lot of that. And it's just like, I don't need this. I'll, I'll ingest this when I, when I have the time to process this type of emotion. And they did. Uh, his, uh uh, Hassan uh, Minaj mm-hmm. did is his last uh, Patriot Act of the Year. He said the same thing. He was like, "Pick a few things. You don't need to worry about everything." He's like, "Just pick a few. Like, pick a few that you really care about, and then just like." He was specifically talking to white people, though. <laughs> mm, no, nah, but he even mentioned himself as a person of color. You know what I mean? But I'm like, like it's it's true though. You can't care about everything, or you're gonna get bogged down. It's like, tough. You don't want to <laughs> take in too much, where you just get crippled by it, right? Yeah, exactly. And then it just becomes. I mean. Well, we we see yeah. that. I mean, you you work in you we see that in comedy all the time, where it's like you don't need to have an opinion on every news story in the cycle. No. Especially oh, yeah. when we're in an no. hour to hour cycle, there's no need for a take on everything. And oh, some yeah. some some people on the internet make their whole lives about I'm gonna have a take on every single news story that comes out of the White House or comes out of well, DC. I think that's or late comes night out stuff, of just though. just like, the culture 
in general, whether it's sports or whatever. It's like you don't need an opinion on everything. It's okay to just not say something. Yeah, yeah. But, well, but, I, but I blame late night for that, like for the large part. It's like we're coming out more. Well, you probably know this more than I do, but just going out to the clubs and like listening to stand-ups try out new material yeah. and maybe based on like what's happening in the news now, they're trying to put a spin on that or to want to talk about that. Yeah, well, I, I remember the two, two, year, two years ago, just for laughs, where everybody had their Trump joke, like oh, everybody. And we're talking like David Cross and like 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 everybody. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, and uh, and you're like you're sick of it. You're like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah, like, we know. Yeah, we, we get know. it. Cool, you really hate him. Yeah. You know what I'm like? Is that even? Well, it's even the impressions. Like, and then the worst is the, a lot of the, a lot of the Trump stuff, which is I mean, what SNL got chewed up on, was is not jokes. They're just screaming about how shitty is. You know, I'm like, that's not a joke. Saying so, to Dimitri's point, though, I, I do see that, and I mean, for me, I'm like, I've been doing this for seven years. I always have a rule that I'm too I'm too young to talk about politics. Nobody wants to hear a twenty-something. Yeah, you, you didn't preach about your hot preach, take. Yeah. yeah, like preach about the world on stage. They don't they don't pay money to come see me. They want I'll, they want. Where were your jokes during Desert War, you know, Vendito? Like, like, nobody like yeah, Desert nobody, Storm. <laughs> That's it. I don't, think, the one. I don't think that. That's a great way to connect to an audience yeah. by well, by preaching to them. I still live in my mom's basement. What am I going to preach about? Well, yeah. this is why I'm asking. It's just like, how, how much does an audience need to get pounded over the goddamn head with this? Because they're just like, they all got their TV. Yeah. Everybody's got radio. They're Everybody's listening to something in their car. It's just like, they come see stand-up. They come see some comedy. Yeah. Do they need more of that no, shit? So I'm, I'm, I don't think so. I'm, trying, I'm conscious of that, especially it's like, yeah. whenever I'm producing anything, I think of like, you know. Spectacle. Just make it funny. Don't make it intre- It doesn't like. Don't make it boring. So Just make it something somebody could laugh if at. If it works organically, like, yeah. If a political stuff works organically, it's one thing to force it down people's throats. Even, I mean, I saw that with the Trudeau blackface stuff during the election oh, sure. here. Yeah. And it's like that got so old, like in 36 hours. Yeah. Because people, people are living it, whether they're in their cars, they're they get up in the morning, they're getting their notifications on their phone, they're living it. Every time, yeah. So when they go out for entertainment, they're not looking for a reminder of what they're living. Like it's got. I think the only way any of it works, and like I say this as an audience, because so our guest, by the way, is Dimitri uh, Kiris, who's a mo. I'd be like you. I, you do sketch, but mostly improv. I think is your renown. Yeah, I've done yeah, yeah, yeah. mainly improv. Dabbled a little bit in sketch. Yeah. I love both of them very much. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously, uh, guest host today is Mr. Chris Vendito. So they're both coming from comedy worlds. I'm coming from audience world, where I was like, basically, especially as an audience member who consumes a lot of comedy, like, unless your take is like, fucking legitimately new and like fire, I tune out the minute you're like, did you hear about the news? I'm like, no. Like, See, I think there's more leeway in sketch and improv to do political even, humor because even then it's got to be real good. Like it's you yeah. know like it has to be. Because when it's bad, it's you, bad. You can't you can't be yeah. SNL opening monologue. Yeah. You know, and just like show up as Trump, I'd be like, no, get out. I'd be like, I would tune out immediately if someone comes up with just the like, I'm the president and I'm here's my dumb Donald Trump impersonation. I would tune out very fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I don't know. If, I don't know if it's has to be that. That's just a matter of quality control and like what, what are we what are we writing like what like I, I feel like the medium sketch or improv gives you more freedom to to take real creative chances yeah. in doing political humor whereas stand up right now stand up has never been a bastion of political humor I don't think all throughout time the, the great the, you could count on one hand the the people who are really good at political commentary yeah and whereas I think it's it gives there's more there's more history behind sketch and improv where you because because of the dynamic I think is different. Well, it's just, it could be more silly right exactly. it could be more surreal it could be more um, yeah. 
Yeah, really far out there. Whereas, you know, I guess if you're a stand-up, your take better be hot, right? Exactly. It better be something different, something that we've yeah. never heard before. And I don't know, subvert that, right? So it's hard. I mean, maybe it's harder to write I, that I, in. Or I just think it's, I think it's, it's more challenging. Not even challenging. It's, it's, it's easier to be hack when you're doing political humor as a, as a solo commentator. Right. Whereas when you're in a group, when you're in a group dynamic, it's easier to be more creative because yeah. you're well, all I mean, like different I, views, different opinions, and I think that lends itself to more creativity. Like I, I've, ta I've taken a shit on the SNL opening sketches like ten times, but they I have no choice. But though. no, I yeah, know they, they know. But it, it's it's now it's it's their brand. But I liked the uh, the Macron uh, Trudeau Bieber. one. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was it wasn't great, but I just liked the like the high school vibe. Sure. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, that's that's what that was. That was like a bunch of cool kids shit talking the kid they don't like. Like I'm like that's. I thought that was just like I was like, and my I was open to it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. or I was like I actually I, like that one too. I didn't think it was amazingly well written or executed, but I was like the premise. I was like, yeah, yeah can handle this. Yeah, it's, it's Mean Girls, but they're politicians. Right. That's who's controlling the free world right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but that said, though, I've seen political humor like bomb stand up and sketch and improv like I've seen it <laughs> it's hard it's, it's hard, hard to do man it's hard to do. that's why a lot of people just don't do it they're just yeah. like yeah I'll take my chances doing a fart joke you know and also I think you'd be like you're, I think you'd always be in danger of being wrong oh 100% you know and I was like and then it, then you look real bad like if it's like you're, you're all on one thing and then something else comes out and you're like you shat on the wrong thing or you made fun of the wrong thing you're like yeah, oh, you got one heckler well, in the asshole. audience and then you're done man then you gotta talk about this for another 15 minutes especially in sketch and improv when you have a heckler in the audience it's a lot oh man then becomes a lot harder to deal with do as opposed to when you're solo I've, do you get hecklers I feel like it, I, I feel the volume must be like must it, be less in improv for sure I've seen I've been to so many I've been to quite a few stand up shows and I've I don't. I've just seen so many hecklers at them. Yeah. And then I've done improv, and it's only happened to me maybe a handful of times. Right. Where you know, it's improv is. is uh, I feel there's prob there's probably the bad suggestion guy. Oh, hundred and ten. I did something you find on the street. My dick. I've done it a, <laughs> every time. I did a show once where it was like the opening of the show. I came out. I went. I was like, okay, what's a uh, attribute in a family member that you dislike? And some guy from the back of the room was lesbians <laughs> at the start of the show. The show. The music just came down. You're that like, was a very sir, first uh, show. So that brings all the momentum from your intro to a halt. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. And then James came out and said. Uh, that's what we call an asshole or something like I'd that. I'd be like, here's, shut your, ten, here's right your $10 back now. Leave. Oh, 100%. <laughs> these, these guys were off the street. But again, it, it just doesn't happen all that much in improv, yeah. thankfully. Uh, but it's still, I don't know, it's a skill. It's a skill to deal with. I'm sure you know. Like Dealing with a heckler is a, is a whole other... <laughs> it's a whole other beast, right? I feel See, you're pretty savage, though, I feel, like, by this point. I, well, we're dealing like, with, we're dealing with, I don't get hecklers, though. <laughs> you, bring, <laughs> you bring such gravitas to the stage. You're like, shut up. No, like, I, I don't. I know. I don't know <laughs> if it's a look thing. I don't know if it's a, a dynamic. I I incorporate the audience. I have an improv background because from high school, mm -hmm. so I'm very comfortable talking to the audience. Whereas a lot of comics, especially when they start, they're not comfortable dealing with the audience. Yeah. Where I think that's what helps when you have different skills in the bag in right. terms of that, that improv. That improv back. The whole basis yeah, yeah. of like what you just said with James mm -hmm. dealing with the audience that lends itself to. Being able to being comfortable in front of a group, it's not being afraid of people, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. to your. The best advice I've ever been given about stand-up comedy is that you're talking to your friends. Yeah. Oh, 100%. percent. Not being so, afraid is, yeah. is is huge. The, the best improviser I've ever seen is just somebody who can walk up on stage and they're performing to either two people or two hundred. Doesn't make a damn difference yeah, yeah, to them. Yeah, uh, yeah you just can't be afraid. Yeah. So like now, at a point where it's like, if you want to heckle me, I'll throw, I'll throw my whole <laughs> set out the window. I don't give a shit. I, like, uh, you you also have I think uh, like. 
your voice is not like you're not telling like goofy jokes or whatever you have a lot of like kind of like mean-spirited like i'm sick of this kind of stuff like i don't know if i i would never heckle let it strip down my whole fucking act there i'm just <laughs> saying i'm just saying but like if i was if i was of the mind where i'm like i'm gonna make this about me i'd be like maybe not the comedian who's like just tearing apart things is part of his act yeah you know like like you're you're set up to like and now instead of like getting mad at this one thing that I have a prepared yeah, maybe bit, I'll wait for the I'm next just, comic. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point m- this at you. And I think that if I'm like watching that comedy style and I'm like, it's a ro- like it's, I hate saying this because it sounds hack, but it's a roast style. Yeah, it's like uh, that's my I found my voice after eight years of doing yeah. this. It's 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 I enjoy making fun of. You know, but it's a, it's the same thing where we always talk about punch. People get tired of hearing punching up in comedy. Yeah. But when you do it properly, when you when you, yeah. when, you when you attack something and you make and you strip it down, it's fun and people get people get into it. Yeah. As opposed to if you're gonna, you know, like the lesbian thing. Oh, dude. Yeah. I wonder just, why people just, do that's it. That's just immaturity. Yeah. Why do you yeah. think people do this? Do you think it's because they're actually pissed off? I mean, most of the time, sometimes they'll like, you know, they'll hear some of your content. And they'll be like, "Actually, fuck you! I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna disagree with that and be the center of attention." But some people, I think, they just want to get abused, man. They like want to get roasted. Some people just like that. Some people just yeah. like that. Some and people I've like, seen that with me. I, I would say I don't even necessarily think it's want to be abused. I think some people just don't want to be the center of attention, have yeah. no talent, and like <laughs> subsequently will just be like, "I'm gonna yell something that will be upsetting." You yeah, know? maybe like, they want to make the joke. I don't know. I always, honestly, there's something in the back of my brain that goes. This person wants to get obliterated or wants to get... I, I would say this person wants to be on stage but has no talent. Wow. Like, that's, or that's, or that's or a or lot of my... Or more to more Dimitri's point, some people do go to comedy shows just to get made fun of. Sure. I, I mean, I've, I've seen it because it's like... Do me. They almost like... Do yeah, me. it's almost like... Well, that's it. They're like, make fun of me. I want to be... Oh, yeah, I'm a great... I can take a punch. I can take a joke. Like, yeah. that type of thing, maybe. I don't know. Again, a handful of times it's happened to me, but I've been to a few stand-up shows where it's just, why is it so much more okay to, for stand-ups to just I think get it's heckled the, than improvised? People, people hate stand-up comedians so much. No, I, think, <laughs> I think it's because, again, audience, audience looking in, it's because the, the medium feels like a conversation, and it's if you're personal. an asshole, you think that you ha- you're a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like a little play or a little act or whatever. Right. It looks like he's talking like, hey, have you heard about this? I have heard about it, and it sucks. You know, like, See, like there's this a... Is, if you talk to enough stand-ups, they'll tell you that the, the biggest difference between sketch and improv and stand-up is the fact that stand-up, you're alone up there, right? Yeah. And given that you're alone up there, the people off the street that come watch a show, they feel more threatened by improv or sketch because it looks like there's structure... There's a there's a script. There's yeah. an idea of what they're going to. Even though it's usually not. Even right. though you guys are just you have the ability to be able to go on the fly. But you're also talking to the audience. Whereas in improv, they're usually talking to each exactly. other. Exactly. Right, so yeah. there's structure there, so people get intimidated by that. Whereas yeah. in stand up, people feel that they could do that. Oh, he's just alone up there with a mic. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I could rip into this guy right Most now. Most yeah. stand up comedians start by saying, "I could do what that dude's doing." Yeah. And Which it makes it so demeaning to, to people who've made a career out of doing set, uh, yeah. performing stand-up comedies because it takes time. It takes yeah. so much time to even get a, like a, a little bit good yeah, where sure. people are like, oh, okay, I'll pay you to, to do your job. Yeah. Where and that, That's like a disrespect that stand-up com- That's what fuels the bitterness of every stand-up comedian, <laughs> you know? That's why every improv is like, everything's great. It's a great community. Everyone's cool. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but it, it, Dish, that's, okay, all right. Let's, but let's, there's more crossover now. Here we go. <laughs> there's, there's, there's more Tell us now. about James McGee. Tell us the real. He's been on the podcast a bunch. You Hasn't wanna, been you, on in a while. You want the hot take? You want to know the Dish. real James Dish McGee? On give, me the, give me the tea on James. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James yeah. is a great guy. I can't say more. I can't say anything bad about this guy. Well, he's like, great. Was genuinely nice. No, seriously, people. James. Yeah. If we, uh, you know, if we could switch up, uh, James gave me my my like start. Gave whole like. Was, so I, I was in the street. Did, did he train you? Yes, he did. Yeah. So Would like, you I call him sensei. <laughs> no, not anymore. I call him something else. <laughs> now I can't that I've that graduated. No, James is a great guy. So call you Daniel Sai. So basically, James and James taught me. I took a whole bunch of. Uh, uh, classes at Montreal Improv. That's how I got into it uh, with Andy Asaf, uh, who's in TO right now. But yep. uh, yeah, no, he taught me uh, most of the levels. And then after that, we like I workshopped with him every single week with my troop, Goddamn Bear, when we were coming up. Every what week. Are, we what do are the levels? So there's level one to six. Okay. In Mon at Montreal Improv, every okay. theater but has I, a I'm different. Just saying, like, so, so I mean, Chris, you did? Did you do? Uh, I did high school improv, which is completely no, different. Yeah, no. Yeah. But you, so did you, was it QIG stuff? Like you did competitions, whatever. It was the Canadian. It was the Canadian CIG high school stuff. association. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. So we would compete with other schools across Canada. Yeah. I base theater sports. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did the same thing in Seja. Right. So, like I said, I, and I know that that's not what you guys do because it's, it's like that's like you're scoring. You're playing for points. It's just like a weird sport. Well, that's the that's the kind of <laughs> difference. It's so weird between the uh, uh, English improv and French improv. French improvisers love this shit. Points. They points, love points, the points, 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 but it's huge. They like pack there's out. So many, there's so many French like improv competitions. Oh man, they love it. They <laughs> got like, jerseys. They got arenas. Better? But it, it's fun. It's cool shit. People like it. The spectacle of it is awesome. I've been to a few shows. And, uh, yeah, the English side is just a lot more – it's funny. We, we just have all this uh, all this other material, right, yeah. from, like, SNL and stuff like that and sketch and, uh, and uh, Operate Citizens Brigade and uh, the Groundlings and all this stuff. And yeah. uh, it's much more narrative. Yeah. It's much more Herald, right, the yeah, Herald yeah, yeah. format and stuff like that. Uh, Montreal Improv specifically is a narrative school, in my opinion. Okay. We teach different, like, formats, like the Armando and the Herald and stuff like that. What's Armando? So the Armando is based on Armando Diaz. He's okay. a dude, and basically what it is is we'll go to the audience. They'll say something like, I don't know, give me a word, and then uh, the word will bounce off, and they'll get somebody like a monologist to come in, some kind of famous uh, stand-up or comedian or writer or something. Mm -hmm. They come out. They'll get something. They'll bounce off that word, and they'll go, oh, that reminds me of a story. They'll tell that story. Then the improvisers will come out and start doing scenes based on some shit that that person said in the story. That's the Armando. Kay. Then the Herald's way more complicated. You come out doing a scene. It's called the A scene. You come out do another scene. It's called the B scene. You come out do another scene. It's called the C scene. Then you do a group scene yeah. where all the whole team comes out and then you do the second beat of the A scene second beat of the B scene second beat of the C scene and then the th and then you do a group game and then the last part of the show which some people have a hard time getting to because it takes a long time you can mesh you can mix it all up and then the A plot and the B plot get mixed together into one scene and you start screwing around with the whole format it sounds super boring <laughs> oh i've seen i've seen them and they're fun yes like, I, they're I, tough I, to do i've i've talked about this with uh, your brother. So I went to Sejap with Dimitri's older brother, where I was like, improv is, I would say, the easiest thing to do badly. <laughs> when like, improv like the, is bad, it's awful. it is some of the worst awful. shit you can ever pay to see. Yeah, especially long form stuff. Like, because like long form stuff, you're oh, like, oh man. no. Like, yeah. I think that's why like a lot of the the CIG QIG like little five minute things. You're like, yeah, if it's bad, it's done. Yeah. But like long form improv, there's a big. 
I think it's like stand up also really where you're like the bad stuff it's a lot yeah. but it's then but it, and then the good stuff is good like the cream comedy rise. in general though bad bad sketch bad stand up is bad, bad. improv bad. is bad and it, when it's good it's fucking amazing yeah exactly but it. when it's bad like it's like this man. is the worst night of my life cream yep. rises yeah and I don't know like stand up especially nowadays is like it's just fucking everywhere, right? Improv, not so much. So people, they're, they're, they're kind of like sample size of it is oftentimes some of the worst improv they've ever seen in their life. And that's kind of what we're fighting against all the time. When we were doing Precinct, for example, like we were talking to a lot of people and they thought we were doing sketch. And we we're yeah. like, no, 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 we like practice this shit yeah. a lot. And we practice yeah. this format that we developed. And they were like, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know improv could be like this. So when you came up with Precinct, you were just three guys and you were like, we're cops. And then you just got on stage and just did it. Hey, I wish it was – we worked <laughs> hard, man. But that was the original concept. We were just sitting around in a bar just like what this and we were like – We were cops. Yeah, what if we did cop shit? And then we laughed and then we are like, we should do that. And then we got Brent Skagford involved and all of our friends, James and, and Mark Rowland. And, and then well, we developed a format. Yeah. And then uh, it just took off from like, there. I, I remember uh, going to see Precinct or whatever and my, my wife – is doesn't know much about improv or anything else like that. She was like, "How is there a director?" And I was like, "It's weird, but there is because it's they've built a structure that the thing is going to happen in. Yeah. So there needs there is still a director in the sense of like talking about your character, what your character's motivations. Yeah. Are. So you have all that shit in your back pocket. Yeah. Like, Every show is different. Yeah, exactly. It's procedural. We just are always going to play the same damn characters yeah. but everything is going to be the plot the case is going to be different every single time uh, we always know there's going to be a press conference so we come back and we go like hey what has just been said there's enough information let's recap for us and the audience of what has just happened yeah. and how are we going to move forward from this we ended up changing the format because we ended up getting bored of it we changed it to a heist scenario uh, afterwards which was f awesome so uh, did, you just, did you just do I remember you guys sold out all over the place excuse me here yeah. in Montreal did you travel it did you tour it at all we did took it to it? Toronto uh, which was like terrifying for us I think because we were like this is such a Montreal bread show uh, and we didn't know if this was going to have legs in Toronto because we were like... You, you know, guys also had some in-jokes, right? Like, you had, like, some Montreal. You were like, let's everything. go to the mountain in Toronto. You were like, let's go to Toronto Landmark. Exactly. Well, we did. <laughs> we just were like, what's a place? What's a Toronto Landmark? Or what's a place you guys like to hang out at? And it was, like, Casaloma that we got. You guys, do you know what this is? Casaloma? Oh, what's Casaloma? What Casaloma is, like, a, a... I think it's, like, a... Well, it's a castle in Toronto. And uh, I'm not quite sure what happens in there, but that's where we put it. And we did some, like, D&D &D shit or some magic stuff in there. But they love that stuff. And that's why Wait, we do it. I think it. I know this. I think they do, like, a, they do a dinner and a show there. Medieval Times? It's something like that, right? Yeah, you know, yeah I, I, I feel I've like been I'm there talking before. out of my ass. Do, No, no, you're not. Um, that's a fucking crazy place to do improv at, actually. No, it wasn't, we didn't do improv in there. Oh, that okay. was, like, our suggestion that we got for that place. But... Uh, no, it was weird. It was... Uh, so your show was Montreal-centric, you yes. feel? Yeah, and, exactly. And so what was... What did you change when you moved, when you brought it out to Toronto, if anything? Or did you say, fuck it, we're just going to present it as it is? Well, it's hard because we don't want to change the formula because yeah. we know it works. But then we knew going there, we can't do like, hey, this case takes place at St. Vieter Bagel. It's like, mm. they don't know what the fuck that is. So we got to pick a thing that is Toronto-centric. But we also don't want to come off and be too hammy with it. Be like, we're in Toronto. The Young Maple Street. Leafs, <laughs> Young Jays. Street. Yeah, exactly. Young and Dundas is where, where this takes place. The square. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we don't want to come off as like be pandering and like and stuff. So we're, I don't know. Try to keep it 
Ironically, it's funny because when, you, when you're a stand-up and you're going to different cities, you're looking for that pandering shit off the you top are, eh? yeah. to help. Not, it's not pandering shit, but it's just like, I think wrestling wrestlers do it too. It's just the, it's the stuff that you know is going to get a positive reaction yeah. to, get, to, get a, to get the crowd going. Or, or negative. Well, I, I love the sports team. I hate the sports team wrestling. Yeah, I was working at uh, <laughs> I did the JFL a few times where I was venue managing and like I forget the comics name right now, but I remember he came up to me and he was just like, "Hey, what's a shitty school here in in Montreal? Like, what's a school that people don't want to go to?" And I was like, uh, "I don't know, like uh, maybe Abbott, I guess. Sean I don't know. Abbott, yeah, far off the island. Exactly." Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "Okay, great." And so he did the joke. It it, it killed obviously, and then he was just like, uh, "All right, thanks." And it's just like I'm sure he goes when he yeah, yeah. travels, he just changes that joke, right? Just so he can, yeah. yeah what's a shitty school here in town? Just so we can get Should that bit. I had ruined it for him. <laughs> what? Yeah. You're like McGill, yeah, these couple of screws. That's what I need. Him coming back in the green room after and yeah, yeah. shred me. You screwed me over, Dimitri. That's what you I need. You son of a gun. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. It's a, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's funny. There just isn't that much info about improv. People don't know much about it. It's kind of this weird, magical thing. People don't know anything. They're like, is it is it improvised? Is it is there, is there sketch elements to it? I, I don't know what that's about. It's like, there just isn't a culture for it, man. Yeah. So, uh, my, my wife uh, will openly profess that she hates it. Yeah, I, I hear she, that all the time. But she liked Precinct a lot. And I was like, yeah, because it's good. We put work <laughs> into it. And, and that's the thing. It's just like there's a lot of uh, – here's the thing. A lot of people do improv. Like a lot of people do stand-up. And I, find, and you, I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong. But when you get good, you find your voice, you find your confidence on yeah. stage, you're fighting against that shit. Because you have to say to yourself, I'm, I'm like – you know, I, I've I've worked hard and I've set myself apart. Like I'm 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 good. And now, I don't know. Like I don't want people to come up to me and be like, oh, uh, I actually don't want to come see your show. I've seen a lot of stand up and it kind of yeah. sucks. It's like no, no, trust me. It, yeah. Well, it's the same thing where, I mean, I don't know if it's if it stretched out to improv, but it's the same thing we're fighting now in sta- in comedy is that well, nothing's funny anymore, and then the PC right. generation's killed everything. And you can't laugh at anything. Like no, you you fucking can. You get good. Like, just like, change your act. There's man. there's yeah. like literally these moments on the internet aren't real life. I can't tell you. I have never had a problem with anything I've said on stage. Yeah. Um. It, the the. I think with improv, the, f- the, f- the, sh- the shitty part is, is that, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no mass distribution of improv. I was going to no. say, the only... The right? Only, there's the no, only, like... What do we got? Who's there's line? sketch comedy yeah. shows. All, all you have is who's line, which, which I like, but is such rapid-fire, like, thing, bang, yeah. punchline, yeah. over. And you're but like, in every movie you admire... There's moments of improv. Oh man, always sunny. Every exactly. Oh, or every television shows. show. Yes. There's, there's, and, and quite frankly, I always laugh when comedians talk shit about improv. What we what we do is improv in and of itself. Whereas, yeah. it's the same idea. You have a structure. You have an idea of what yeah. you want to do, and then you you depending on your crowd, you like react how, to, to it. Like I, how often have I heard one of you guys being like, "Oh, like I changed it up a bit tonight and it killed." I'm like, "You just improvised. Like yeah. you had a joke structure. You changed it up a little <laughs> you bit. You just did an it improv. Killed. Yeah, yeah. Maybe tomorrow night it won't be improvised. You know, a lot of but it feels that like time school, it was. A lot <laughs> you know, of it feels like high school cafeteria where. Like, they come in and it's like, oh, fuck improv. And it's like, have you ever been to an improv show? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. I, what are you I, fucking improv for? Like, you don't know what you're talking about. We used to, Chris, when you start your improv troupe. Oh, here what we go. That? Oh, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying, would you, would you? I just, like, I don't understand. I never, I've never liked the, 
just blanket statements. They're like, fuck this, this is stupid because I'm doing something harder or different. It's like, that's not... Would you consider it, though? Like, I'm, I'm not, I, I, mean, I know you're... I've considered it many times. Many times? Yeah. I think there's... I'm not say you, but I'm like... Not just... Maybe not an improv troupe, but a sketch troupe. Yeah. But... Because um, improv's also just... It's like emotionally taxing, too. It's a lot, man. It's a lot of work. We go out there. Yeah. It's in our it's body. Like, it's, it's in our easy. voice. It's like... It's, 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 it's hard work, and it's like... It's funny that you mentioned that. I've gone to the Nest to do, like, the, the Monday mix-up show. Yeah. It's just a fun place to just, like, you know, sometimes we get a good audience that actually come out on the Monday. And we've been in the same green room with, you know, some stand-ups. I love stand-up comedy, and I, I like stand-ups a lot. We'd get, we'd get shredded sometimes in some half, you know, some passive comments. Oh, you guys are going to do some improv games? Oh, yeah. that sounds cool. It's like, dude, I'm here just as, like, much as you are on a Monday night, and I'm just trying to do a good yeah. show. I'm not going to name names. I don't, but, like... Oh. It, no. <laughs> But it was the first time on the podcast. You can definitely name it. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast is all we do. <laughs> Walter's not here. But the funny part is, I could, probably, I could probably guess a couple of the names. Walter. I did that. No, not no, Walter. No, I know. I want to say yes or no. I'm just going to blame. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not even going to do that to you. It's yeah, just yeah. that. Walter, it's would, just, Walter would run through the names. He'd be like, this person, this person, this person. It's I just thing that's plaguing us as a society where we, we, we shit on what we don't know. Yeah, 100%. We should know what we don't know. Yeah. And improv, I think, is the biggest victim of that. And the fact that there's no mass distribution for it. I think Here's really the thing. I get it. it. When, I, when you are a stand-up and you just don't know what the hell improv is, and then you go into a green room and you see a troupe of, like, five people doing warm-up games, it looks psychotic. It looks <laughs> insane. It looks like the weirdest thing you've ever seen. You're like, I want no part of this. But at the same time, we're also there at the same – you know, we're there on a Monday night trying to impress a crowd and trying to make some yeah. make some jokes happen. So it's like, I don't know. Why are we, why are we giving each other why the gears so for it? You know, why the is there so much hate? The next time a stand-up tells you, why don't you go fucking pace back and forth in between <laughs> the same five feet of square feet for <laughs> an Talking hour, yourself. Yeah, Todd, yeah, yeah. while I get ready for my fucking <laughs> thing. Todd! There's no Montreal comedian named Todd that matters, so that's why I put out Todd. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I was wondering, I'm like, oh, who's he talking about? I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of anyone. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was like, it was, it was <laughs> just a, a generic name. Yeah, yeah. The worst part, the worst part is there's totally been like a Todd on open mic. You said comedian that matters, and now he's crying. There's a Todd out here. There's a to Todd who right worked now. in open mic, and you said a comedian yeah. that matters, Todd. We said a comedian that no matters. matters. I think about he this a lot know. of like the I don't know like improv culture in the city and just like man you, you know Boy, you think Tallboys changed that before you what, say that again the C- CBC picking up the that Toronto troupe changed yeah. that for you like a sketch yeah I thought that was cool because I I like those guys they've come to TO they've come sorry come to MTL Sketchfest quite a few times but it's, and it's I love more, but they're more associated with sketch than they are improv. Uh, I think they're they did both, but I think they're mainly a sketch troupe. I think individually they did like lots of improv and sketch and stuff, and then they formed up kind of recently, and then they a couple of years ago I think. Please don't quote me on this. I, mm. I like those guys. I don't know everything about them, but like, uh, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, why aren't you a Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. No, but but they uh, did it change things. I mean, it's always good to see more Canadian content, especially those guys yeah. who do. Uh, uh, yeah, different forms of comedy. But, like, what about this, like, Montreal sketch show, too? Did you guys watch that? That's pretty new. That yeah. just happened. Uh, that's Walter's on Walter's Oh, Walter, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I caught that. Yeah. I'm just happy to see more of that shit, especially Montreal stuff, because I, I think about... Uh, I, okay, so I love hockey, and I always think about um, why don't we have any... Kovalchuk, we got him. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Plays tonight! No, no, I can, I can talk about the forever. I can't right now. But, like, okay, so why don't we have any Chinese... 
players in the NHL, or a lot more of them. Yeah. It's because there isn't a culture there. So they send, what's his name, Alex Ovechkin over there so they can gather or create a culture of players in China. And then like 20, China. 30 years from now, you'll have Chinese players. Exactly. And why do we have so many French-Canadian players? Well, because everybody lives and breathes hockey here, right? We all have stories. We all have an old man or, or somebody who loves hockey. So we think yeah. about it, and talent is pursued interest. So if we have an interest in hockey, we might pursue that maybe and become a fucking legend. So in Montreal, if we don't have that kind of shit that, you know, gets put on CBC or gets made into a show, people are just going to screw off and they're going to go to places like CEO. That's why we don't have any of that. The you know, CBC why frustrates me as an entity. Why is no, that? Like, no, no knock on the Montreal sketch show that's coming out. But no, but just like I was like, we have like a government, a tax-funded government broadcasting thing that just seems only concerned in putting some of the worst Canadian content out into the open. Like yeah. other, than, other than a few, like, dingers and home I runs. don't know if it's the worst. Maybe. I mean, no, but like Kim, like, Kim, Kim, Kim's convenience is making it big across, across the letter border Kenny. now. I said they're a letter Kenny's, well, letter Kenny's on CBC, but... Yeah. Oh, no? Uh, no, it's uh, Crave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, but but that, in terms but of CBC, like, Kim's convenience is a big show. Yeah, but and you know what I mean? But I'm like, how easy... succeeded. But, like, they d- I'm, I'm not saying zero. I'm saying but like, so little. Like, do you know how easy it would be because they don't necessarily... I'm much more angry at Bell and Rogers for not even caring at all about... Like, the, the success of Letterkenny should have spawned five more Canadian sitcoms. No, but even then... Where it hasn't. It just fucking hasn't. There's just nothing else. Yeah, but yeah. CBC can... Like, 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 do you know how easy it would be to th- make a kid... Like, a, like, another Kids in the Hall? Do you know what I mean? Like... It's there's a bunch of Canadian troops. You're government funded. You're you're taxpayer funded. You're like whatever. It doesn't even need to be that that profitable. Yeah. Your profit margins are very small because you're public broadcast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to have a to have a Thursday night, Montre- like Thursday night Montreal Toronto comedy showcase. It could just be like a stand up special of an hour. Everybody gets ten minutes. First there's of all, never be Montreal. Well, no. Thanks. I was trying to get you ten minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know what I mean? Like I'm like there's enough guys. Like like. You and Brees and Walter, whatever, like people with enough credits that you could throw up 10 minutes every six months. Easy. Sure, but there's not a. The thing about Canadians is that we generally don't care about Canadian entertainment. I know, but I'm saying, but the CBC. We've been programmed. Why don't don't we care? But that's what we've been programmed to only care about American content. But a big part of that is. That's all we got. That's all we got. But that's a big part of. The thing that the CBC could fix is put the the shit that you put up there, make it good. I don't know. I mean, you're you're rough, we're roughly the same age. Mm-hmm. People that aren't in the biz in our industry that are watching entertainment aren't being like, man, I hope CBC comes up with no something new soon because no. I really have no other options to watch my to watch shit. But how, no, no but I'm just saying, how how quick is it to? It's gonna take Netflix. Or Amazon, but I'm just, but my or point, my a point streaming service. The CBC is handcuffed by the fact that it's the CBC, and that's what I, and that and that's what I'm saying. That's I think the biggest problem. They could invest, Keith. They could invest millions of dollars into a new sketch show, a weekly, but they don't SNL even need million type million of show tomorrow. Like that's the part that blows my mind. Is they have the money? Think of how much CBC content is putting on. How much money does it make to make a new W five or some shit? Who cares? W5 like, is probably doing better numbers than uh, probably a lot of sitcoms on CBC. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying because I was like, to me, I'm like, the, the, the mistake I think CBC makes is trying to make stuff look American. You know what I mean? Like being like, because it doesn't. Right. The production value is not there. Like, so a sitcom, no, scratch it. Do a sketch thing. Right. Do a stand-up special. Do whatever. Like, stop trying to make shit look American because you're working in a smaller house because you have a smaller budget. 
and maybe, may, I would, maybe in a couple of years, CBC could get cool. As you a know what I mean? As a stand-up comedian, let me tell you, there's, there's not a lack of stand-up specials. We don't need more no. stand-up specials. No, we don't. No, I'm not saying a special. I'm, I'm okay <laughs> on the specials. We're okay. We're, we have a good outlet for that. No, like, but like well, more to Dimitri's point about, about improv like and sketch, it'd be nice if we did have something. Well, it's it's, it's it's so weird to me, especially for improv. And I've talked to a lot of people about this of just like, why don't we have any improv specials? Why doesn't that exist? The only thing that I can see happening that would be close to that sort of thing, and I've been told that it actually was in the works at one point, but it didn't go through, was Thomas Middleditch and um, Ben Schwartz. Do you know about these two yeah. guys? Yeah, so they're I'm, an improv um, troupe. Dewey Duck. From uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to get his most. Ben Schwartz from House 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 of Lies there. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. He's, but he's also Dewey Duck but in, yeah. in, in Ducktales. I'm trying and to come up with Thomas, Thomas Middleditch. Middleditch and, uh, I'm trying to come up with an obscure Thomas Middleditch reference. Yeah. Oh, the hipster from You're the Worst. Yes. There you go. Yep. So they hipster have an from You're the Worst and Dewey Duck from Ducktales. Okay. Yeah. Got they it. have an got improv it. troupe and they just they just tour and they they kill and they're super. It's funny because it's like. They come from an improv background. They obviously got famous from doing their TV shows and their, their acting and their movies and stuff like that. And then they just went back because they're like, yeah, screw it. We're also good at improv. We'll just yeah. do this for a bit. It'll be a treat for the audience. But I think doing an improv show where maybe they just cut together some of the best bits because it's obviously you yeah. know, all improvised and there's going to be some trash in there. But uh, no, it just never happened. We don't have could, anything like you that. You even, you know, we live in a, in a modern era. <laughs> Here we go. If you do a live <laughs> improv show, uh-huh. you, could e- you could use like social media and smart stuff to even take references from the audience that you're watching live. Sure. Like, like top five, vote, but like Reddit it or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, like, you could even have a live... I've, a- I've asked people before, though, about the same question, and I've been told that people in, the, people in positions of power say it doesn't play on TV. It just doesn't play well? It doesn't play well. It's, like, yeah, it's a hard I, I, watch. Yeah, I've seen and I, and filmed I, improv. It's rough. And, I, and I, I guess I could understand that argument because... Inter- improv is such an interactive experience mm-hmm. where if you're like, but that's what I'm saying I, comedy I, I, barely works comedy really barely works as, as a film watching it from a, from a couch it's really not the best way to watch comedy you need no. what the thing is what you need to have and I think that that's the struggle is you need to have really talented crew to shoot it oh yeah like you know to understand the structure to get the shots to get the thing like, like if you're doing that live like to have the Film improv live. Well, there's so much work happening in the face, right? And, like, if you're not catching that shit. But it's doable. Like, wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling is the longest running improvised television show. That's a pretty good point, actually. No, yeah, I, I'm just right, saying, but, right. like, but, like, yeah. no, but no, nothing. Wrestling has the benefit of, um, of a different, of, of its own, if its own environment, if its own. Sure, but I'm just saying, but, but the point is, is that they still, they, they have the truck with the crew yeah. that knows how to shoot it and knows that stuff can kind yeah, of... I can make that same argument for live sports, though. <laughs> sure. We, we put improv in a ring. You put improv in the ring. Yeah. Hockey's improv. It is. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to go down this fix, rabbit hole of what is improv. In. No, but I'm just saying, but like, but like, think about, like, when I'm saying wrestling is improv, I'm talking more about, like... Maybe not even necessarily today's wrestling because it's more scripted, but like more like the backstage segments. Mm. Like those are all those are all improvised scenes. True. They're not amazing. Yeah. But it's like you need to like. I feel like that's more sketch if we're gonna compare it to comedy than it anything. Used you guys be know improv, better than I do. Is it that used all written to be down? Improv. Yeah, cream of the crop, right? That uh, was points. It's bullet points. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. like uh, certain notes you need to hit. Yeah. But like, I think and Dimitri, I don't know. If you can correct me, but there is a need for us to like kind of expand that 
the accessibility to improv because like yeah. I could ask 10, 10 of my friends that aren't that aren't comics hey you want to go see an, a comedy show most yeah. of them would be like yeah okay sure yeah stand up I can handle it you want to go, go see an improv, improv show, show. like what the hell is that yeah what am I getting myself into a am I gonna no. an audience is naturally terrified and it's like it's our job to make them feel comfortable yeah and I think in improv specifically, and I'm sure it happens in stand-up as well, you're terrified all the time of what the hell this person on stage is going to say. Stand-up, it's like, okay, they've written this stuff down. I got some faith. Improv, it's like, what if this person says something racist? And shit happens all the time. I got to sit here and, get, and go through that? Mm-hmm. Like, that shit's terrifying. Or, or, it's, or it's really bad improv, and I got to sit here and cringe the whole time? Yeah. Improv is a scary, scary thing. And I don't blame people when they say, I don't want to go see improv. It freaks me out. I'm like, I don't blame you. It's people on stage who might have been doing it for a couple of months, and we have to trust that what they're going to say on stage is going to be coherent what's your, what, and like, funny. What, what's the worst I mean, thing you could either replace with. improv for stand-up in that whole... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole... And that's the same, but that's, that's, I think that's just comedy Welcome right now. Welcome to open mics. Yeah. That's just comedy <laughs> right now, like, where people are, are more and more terrified of what comedy is... And in effect, we're, we're, we're creating this kind of like fear-mongering about the whole art form, whether it's sketch, stand-up, improv, whatever it is, where... What if I hear something I don't like? Yeah, how am I going to feel about that? <laughs> am I going to sit here now and, and, and listen to this person riff about something I don't like? It's Which is weird that we can't just be like, oh, okay, I didn't like this part, let's see what's next, as opposed to, that, oh, I didn't like this part, like, my whole experience is ruined. Like, I remember, I remember the... I don't want to pull him under the bus, whatever, because I don't even remember his name. The, the dude that worked on Walter's show and got, like, misread the audience and got real dirty and blue and jizzed on people's faces and whatever. New York comic, jumped on a show, uh-huh. and, like, did not read the vibe of the entire night. Oh, yeah. And just had a whole other thing. And I was like, and then someone, someone literally told Walter, I'm not coming to your next show because that happened. And Walter was like, that was five minutes of the night. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm like, yeah. And I was like, and I also didn't like the dude. But I was like, to your point... Something else is coming. If it's if it's back to back to back to back to back shit, I don't like. I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna go to a night that you produced anymore. I didn't dig it. Yeah. If one guy says a bunch of crap that I don't like, I won't laugh. Yeah. His set will probably finish up earlier because people aren't laughing. Well, that's why as producers you have to curate your show in a way that you know you won't have these these moments where you're gonna jeopardize. You you don't you never know what could could upset someone in an audience, right. but you want to try your best to. To curate your show where it's like this, oh, for sure, I'm confident in every part of the show. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to surprise me, let alone somebody in the I know these guys' sets. I could trust yeah. these But that's guys. it. But yeah. I mean, but I think that also there's a... If somebody still gets pissed at that point. That's on them. Right. But there's also, but there's also I think, um, I don't say responsibility because it's weird, but I'm like... And like you mentioned about like internet running around and nonsense. But I'm like, this, this is the real world. Some people are going to say stuff you don't agree with. Some s- people are going to say things that you think are that they think are funny that you don't think of. And if it's one dude, it happened a lot in improv though, where you get people going on their own, like you get performers going on their, the on crazy, their own. What, yeah, I want to know this. I want to get into crazy. Not names. I don't want names. No, no, I, don't I want to give you names. Um, some crazy shit that I've seen. I mean, people accidentally say stuff. It okay. happens all the time in improv. They get you into a character. They're just like, oh, it's a Thanksgiving scene. I'm making this up. It's a Thanksgiving scene. And then, like, the uncle is racist. So he's going to say something off color a little bit. And it's just like, he, and then the improviser actually says something fucked up. And you're like, hey, this is super uncomfortable now. Yeah. It's like people just not reading the room or not having any of that awareness, not having that antenna. And then they just say something kind of fucked up. And it just annihilates a room. And you 
you'd go, uh, great, now I have to go out and host this show now. And that's happened to me before. Uh, I want to hear it. Or the difference between... Um, Come on now. <laughs> you you don't need to name names. Just, you don't need to say the words either. But like That right there is the difference between a live performance and like a television or act or a movie. Yeah. Where oh, it's yeah. like, it's cool to, you know, have that character profile when you're making a film. But if you're doing a live, if you're doing, if you're performing like a live theater play or improv. Oh, it's messed up. Don't it's, fucking do that. Well, you're just like, you could say whatever you want and you found the one thing you shouldn't have said. And yeah. we're all in a room together and you can collectively feel everyone yeah. just hating. The or but realizing like, that there shouldn't have come here tonight. The and worst, like, the worst part about that though is again, I, I put some blame on the audience because you wouldn't like, like if. I'm just I'm just thinking the N word, where so if racist th if, raci yeah. if racist uncle says the N word, sure. in a movie you're like what a piece of garbage. Yes. If he says it in improv, you're like this is bad improv and I don't like it. I'm like no, but he's still racist uncle. Do you know what I mean? Like it, that's the part where I'm like, yeah. I I would I would say it'd be even funnier. <laughs> Like no, you're no, not, you're it's, not, it's you're, not funnier, you're not advocating the use of the word. You're, it, it's the, it's the. It doesn't look. It doesn't make it okay. In my opinion, well, you're just, you're, you're in this scene. You're in the doing the improv. This isn't a budget film. This isn't well, like. Yeah. You could sure. say whatever the hell you want. Picture. No, well, exactly. It, it, it's the, th it's the thing. Like I remember, I remember reading uh, Vice a couple years ago did like a comedy issue, and mm. they oh boy, I'm just saying it was good. It was before Vice got real weird. Uh, <laughs> no, but they had uh, they had Charlie Day on, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. he was just and he was just saying he's like, how much thought and energy and process goes into always sunny jokes to make sure that you're always laughing at them and yeah. not the awful stuff they say and do, like because you're not supposed to agree with them. And they were like, if you if like so you can on a show like Always Sunny, mm. make a gay joke. Yeah. But the, you're not laughing at the gay joke. You're laughing at Dennis being a closed-minded idiot. Yeah, you know they, what I mean? They, like, they found an interesting kind of like, um, yeah, perspective, like a point there because, yeah, we're laughing at these despicable characters, yeah, right? All these people exactly. are awful. It's an incredible talent like that I think that yeah. a lot of people who think they can do it can't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but there's something about a live performance, I think, if you... You're like, no, you said that for real. It well, wasn't it's TV. A, it's hard because it's like, uh, especially improv is such an interactive experience. When I'm on stage, I'm constantly looking for the pulse, right? Yeah. I'm constantly looking for basically like, okay, you like that. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep yeah, hitting yeah. that button. Uh, because I don't have any material, right? I'm going up and making shit up, so I'm just trying to find out what you and, and you find funny. So if I'm constantly reacting and I uh, constantly, like, uh, what's it called, feeding on your reactions, then why would I purposely kind of say something that I know is going to have a low succession rate type of thing? That's why I'm talking about that lack of awareness, that antenna. It's just like what I say to the students, like whenever I teach, I'm like, that's going to be a tough sell because in workshops, like, for example, in a workshop, Again, not naming any names. There was like a we did a scene about school shooting. It was unfortunate that shit happens. It's a real life thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah we can find a we can find a, a funny perspective there. We can find anything that's funny about that. But what I tell them is, in the world of improv, we can talk about whatever we want. That is going to be a tough sell. So yeah. why would you go there? And then more importantly, you got like six other people on the wings waiting to come on and do a scene. They got to come up and do the rest of that set with you now. Yeah. So think about them in that moment. Like, sure, you might be playing that, you know, uncomfortable uncle at Thanksgiving, but also think about the rest of your team as they come up and do another goddamn scene after that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it's like, yeah, like I, I get it, like, and you want to play the character and stuff, but I don't know for the show, for the host who has to come out afterwards, for your fellow teammates who have to come out afterwards and do that. I guess, like, and I, and I'm sure that that's probably like, like I I would like just think about like I'm almost guarantee. 
I've heard like a member of Uncalled For say something awful, but they're like a tight, long-standing troop yeah. that know how to play it off themselves. So if like you know what you know what I mean, I was like, so if yeah, if you're just like making a little ragtag group of improv, don't do it. If you're with people you've been performing with oh, for yeah. like twenty plus years, you're like, yeah, I know how to set this up so that. Chris and Dimitri oh, yeah. can come in, even though I just said and did something awful. Yeah, well, and it's not ruining them because of X Y Z. You so. know, go ahead, Dimitri. Oh, I was gonna say like just uh, maybe on another note, like not anything that's like racist or anything, but like I've seen people, I've seen stand, sorry, I've seen improvisers who have just come out and annihilated a crowd. They're just coming out and they're like being mean to them. Uh, and there are just some people who are just way better at that than other people. There's some people who come out and they try to host. I got Chris. Yeah, and there's some people who just come out and they're being mean. They're, they try to be mean <laughs> to an audience, and then it goes like, "Dude, this guy's a jackass. This performer's kind of like being a mean, kind of being a prick." There is an art form. To, there is an art form to being mean. Yes. Mm. There's a there's a it's there's a line that you tote. There's where you're still charming. Yeah. With oh yeah. Your yeah. dress downs where not everyone has that. No, and the it's funny you mentioned the um, the after effect on your rest of your team. The weirdest thing about comedy is that you have everyone who starts comedy wants to go for the most shocking thing. Yeah, and I'm imagining one of your students. It was a new student mm -hmm. who suggested the school shooting thing. Yeah, oh yeah, that's like. That's like that's such like a new person in comedy. Yeah. Hey guys, thing you, to do. Have, have you heard about this? Have you seen this? School shootings. Yeah, it's on everybody's <laughs> mind. Yeah. You'll see no, that. You'll no. see that at an open mic oh, where guaranteed. a new comic comes up and it's like they'll do five minutes on they'll do five minutes on R, R, the R Kelly documentary and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, you yeah. just killed the rest of the show. Well, it's just yeah. I mean, like coming around full circle how we started this talking about just like shit in the news, yeah. racism, like. You know, people dying and like you yeah, know yeah, marginalized yeah. groups and all these things. It's like, yeah, man, we can probably find something funny about it, but like, do we need this shit right now? Like, let's just do, let's just do some jokes do, that do we know we will kill to. and like something safe. And they people came here to just like get their mind off of that shit. So that's why I'm like, it's a tough sell. I'm happy that happened in class because it's a learning experience. But let's get through this and like let's move on to something else. Cool, we got yeah, that yeah. one out of the way. Thankfully, that wasn't in front of a crowd, and now we can move on and get the you know. And also, yeah, like else. think about your teammates. Think about the show. I think, yeah, I, mean, like I, I, watch, I don't. I don't know any setting where school shooting joke would work. Like even when Lu Louis C.K. when it came out, his material was released recently. Yeah, part of it was some of that Parkland stuff. Right, yeah. and it's like I don't know, man. I, I find it really hard to find any comedy in one of the most disgusting plagues in American history, where like with the school shooting stuff. No, it's, like, it's hard to find any laughs in that. Yeah, I mean, and, and again... Who's the butt of the joke there? Especially... especially the, the dead people? Like. Especially in a live thing. Like, So I would say the only... God, what's his name? Uh, the movie they did, Operation Avalanche. Then also Improvisers. Kids Out of Canada. The Dirties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's a movie, The Dirties, which is also largely improvised. And it's about a school shooting. And the weird... Because the... The whole that's a different medium, though. Well, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. In a live medium, I get it. Because, like, and what even in the m the premise of the film is largely movie nerds who are picked on a bunch, who end up uh, one up of the school. One of them ends up orchestrating a school shooting, but it's like a small school shooting. Not okay. to diminish it, but like he has like one gun, and I don't think he kills anyone in the end. Spoilers: it's a movie from like six years ago, so it's fine. But because uh, the whole thing kicked off on is that if you looked at the Columbine killers. There's videos around of them just like dicking around uh, as buddies, mm -hmm. and the guy watched this movie and he or watched these videos and he was like, 
these kids are charming and funny. You know, and he was like, and he was like, which, which makes it even more mm, of a tragedy. Yeah. And he was like, I want to recreate that in a film because he's like, as messed up as school shootings are, mm-hmm. the kids that did them were still kids. And yes, they did something evil and awful, mm-hmm. but he's like, a lot of stuff happened to them to get them there. And then it's like, you watch, and it's the weirdest thing watching a movie because every joke comes with the like, I know what I'm watching. Sure, yeah. You know? And yeah, I was like, yeah. and again, completely different medium. And you need to be, like, ultra-skilled to right. land anything. But it's like every joke in that film, you're like, but I know where this is going, and why did I just laugh at what that guy said? Yeah. You know? Maybe you have that room, especially when you're watching, I guess, that medium, right? You have that room to, ha- to have that distance and be yeah. able, and again... But like it was a live thing on stage. You're like, no, oh, what are you doing? Exactly, right? I don't think you have that in comedy, whether it's sketch, with improv, or, or stand-up. You don't have that ability. The audience is experiencing the the event together they're not yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not experienced individually With, even if you're at a movie theater watching a movie you're experiencing the movie by yourself sure. you're not yeah. it's not you're not your your opinions on the movie your feelings on the movie don't change because somebody else isn't enjoying it the way you are at a comedy show the cr- one person in the crowd could alter the entire crowd 100%. how they feel yeah. Yeah. i also think that the the, the other thing is that I feel there's a certain amount of, like, you get leeway with renown. Like, just thinking, like, like Always Sunny, I feel that those guys could get up and do that. And you're like, I know them. But if you don't, the audience doesn't know you. You have to, like, you don't have that trust. Like, the minute, the minute, I mean, the yeah. minute something awful comes out of your mouth and the audience doesn't trust you, you're like, I hate what I just heard and get out of here. Yeah. But if you're watching, like, if Always Sunny did an improv show, I feel they could get up and say awful things. Well, they did, didn't they? When they did they do live performances two years ago at the festival? They did? Well, Pretty sure, sure they were... May, maybe not performance. Maybe they were doing a live reading. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know they did. I think they did a live reading. Yeah. But yeah, but that's it. But, that, that, but that's what I'm saying. But I'm like... All, yeah. That, if they decided to make an improv troupe, because you know them and there's that renown, right. you, like, you trust them to take those risks... Whereas I think obviously at, at if, they're, the level, if they're playing the same characters maybe, but again if they're just playing randos or, or doing something, I don't know. It's like I think you still I th- honestly I think you still trust them as it's why a lot of the more like I guess like famous comedians can like dude if you if you like I love Bill Burr if you got up as a newcomer and said half half of what Bill Burr says you'd probably get destroyed. No, an audience. we see that every week when there's a new Bill Burr impersonator that comes on stage. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Burr is yeah, one yeah. of my favorite comedians of all time. Uh-huh. He cannot do what Bill Burr does. He's done it for 30 years. Yeah. He's built his voice and character that, that's what I'm saying. over time. There's right. like a renowned you know, Richard Pryor is one of the greatest singular talents in comedy history. He probably could have done any comedy form across the board, and he yeah. would have succeeded at it. But you can't duplicate that no. type of talent but also but also like i said when bill burr hits the stage you know like everybody there knows they're about to see bill burr they don't know they're going to go see todd mm. who the latest bill burr impersonator so you know what i mean i'm like i don't trust todd i trust bill burr to bring it around to a way that makes sense for me you know what i mean like i guess the, the on another flip of the coin like the beauty of it is also like because the crowd ain't like i never treat a crowd like they're stupid but I also treat a crowd sometimes like they're instinctively kind of scared a little bit. No, like I said, like, a crowd is scared. That's, the, that's great advice, though. Never treat a crowd like you're stupid. Don't scared. treat a crowd like they should because they're not, and they're coming in and they they're basically there to create the narrative for you, right? They're, especially for improv, I find like 
you don't have to really do that much work because all an audience has to do is sit there and basically fill in the gaps. Because you on stage, you're just there doing shit and you're trying to figure out what makes them laugh. Yeah. An audience is sitting there watching you and they go, oh, I bet that character is in a relationship with that kid and he does that for a job and this and that and that. And they're filling in all the gaps, right? So... I guess what I like about this too is an audience collectively will tell you that that's not okay and will shut you down. Yeah. Have you ever seen an audience just absolutely annihilate like one of these like Bill Burr impersonators or something like that? Just yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> and from the back of the room, we you always laugh, but um, it's kind of you you. The thing about comedy is that, and you see you see this too. The most intimidating thing in the world is silence. Oh man. And it's just the most terrifying thing for a performer yeah. is to be up on stage in silence. Yeah. Now, no comedian any of us admire has ever been afraid of silence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you're a new comic and you think you're coming up with this, especially stand-up, when you're coming up with this hot five minutes, oh, yeah. you come on stage and it's silence. Yeah. That'll crush dreams real quick. Whereas I feel... <laughs> Man, but at least you got like the material you could stay on the rails and just be like, "Hey, this is going to be a, a garbage fire." But at least I can like. I don't know. Comics I, don't have that ability. Oh no. <laughs> no. I, 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 I also think that there's like like five minutes gets to be real long. Oh, I bet. And and if everything is dying, and then I think you go off script and you're worse. Oh man. You know, I'm like, trying to go off. Yeah, script exactly. That's what I'm saying. And, and then and then because the, they <laughs> don't have the skills. Yeah. To be able to save yeah. a set, I I could go up and do, try five new minutes tonight somewhere. And if I see two and a half minutes in that none of this is landing, I know I can pivot and I'll still finish strong. Yeah. I'll hate my set after, but I finish strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Whereas, like, I have the I have the skills required yeah. to be able to like recover. Like nearly a decade into it, you got yeah, it. Yeah, like I, I know how to recover from a bad set. Whereas if you're doing this for the third time, and the first two times were all great and everything, yeah. everyone's throwing roses at you, and then you go up and you do your shit again and it it dies. See, that would be a miracle in improv. I've never seen an act come out, do improv, start by bombing. Yeah. And then recover from it and and end strong. I've never seen that. It's only gone deeper because we just start digging a bigger hole. We just go, oh, you didn't like that? Well, I'm gonna double down on that, and maybe you'll laugh yeah. at that. Oh, you didn't like that? I'm gonna double down harder yeah. on that, and fuck it, we're but just gonna go down a hell together. Yeah, but that's it. But like, yeah, but a good, like you, like every stand up I know has like a few killers that they can like last two minutes can finish strong no matter what. Well, that's the main difference. Every good, good stand-up, I know I should say. Like. The main difference, I think, between stand-up and improv is that in improv, I think the reason you're saying it just goes down is because you might come in with the roadmap. Mm -hmm. if, if it's not working, sometimes you don't have it. Like, as, as oh, all happens all the time. Sometimes you yeah. just don't have it. Like, whatever the reason is, you don't have it. Mm -hmm. But it's much easier for me to go off script, ironically, let an improviser yep. yeah. to go off script. Like, I remember, like, I don't know why this sticks out, but it was, like, Dennis Miller, probably in the 90s. Oh, buddy. We're dying. <laughs> dying. Any more genius comedy takes from Dennis Miller? <laughs> no, 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 but, but, but it was just, like, and then, like, like, and it was just, like, it was such a long thing, because he's, like, I'm, like, I'm not a big Dennis Miller fan or whatever, but just, like, dying and such long, and then, like, the thing that got popped is he was, like, I'm going to switch to knock-knock jokes, and that just, like, that one line, Everybody like comes right. back on. And they're like, "You are dying, like you know, like you're a star, like you're you're already a TV star, and you've just done like five minutes of garbage." What's funny they mentioned, but like, that but like, but just like he, like I, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna switch the knock knock jokes. Not even a joke. Well, I think and it's self awareness, like, ah, right? Yeah. It's like just saying like, "Hey, I know I suck right now." Yeah, and the audience goes, 
I am so relieved to hear that because yeah. it's so at least, hard. At least for them. he knows. Yeah, <laughs> like, to be like, oh my god, this person is doing improv right now and he's sucking so hard at it, and he and they don't know. He's trying so hard. They don't know that they suck, and it's breaking my heart. It happens all the time. So I think that self awareness of just being like, yeah, I know, I'm bombing yeah, right every, now. Everybody chilled out and they sat, settled down oh, for a yeah, night yeah, of yeah, mediocre yeah. Dennis Miller comedy. Do, do you ever have to come in for the save on someone who's dying? Oh uh, yeah, sometimes. Because well, when you do the the, the student stuff, like Wait, the, the, you must. Oh, not even more the students. I'm talking what about no, no. more like what well, happens to everybody. Yeah, we're like we're your troop, and it's like you're someone. Everyone's going well except there's that one person who's having a bad night for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. And it's like, okay, I got to come in for the save. Oh, yeah, you call it a walk-on. So let's say you got this scene between two people and it's just total trash. You can try. You can either do two things. You can try to walk on to maybe double down some crap that they're saying and maybe try to make it funny and find a new spin on it. Or, and this is the beauty of improv, if something sucks, just cut it. Yeah. Move on to something else. So it's either one of those two things. Something really blows, okay, great, we're going to cut this and just move on to hopefully something better. Or you can try to do a walk-on and... That's the more dangerous one. You can either just be like, oh, I thought I was coming in to save this, and now I'm in on the trash, and then guess what? I've added to the fire, and I'm making this way worse. Or you can try to come in and try to make it better. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is so, your two options. It's like hitting the dumb button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we hit five questions, uh, which is the segment that we usually close the show off with, um, I know you have Sunday Night Improv every month. Uh, every month, every month, every right? every month, I have two shows that okay. I do called the Sunday Sunday Improv Show. It's every uh, second Sunday of the month. There you go. Our next show is Jan nineteenth. Uh, yeah. I don't know when this comes out, but uh, yeah, it's a fun show. Basically, the first half is we have uh, students, up and comers, uh, people who are, are are really popping off in improv, and we match them with uh, some uh, vets who have been around for a little bit, and uh, they do some great stuff. And then the second half of the show is we do a narrative format. Uh, what narrative is? It's basically it's a uh, improvised movie or film or play or something like that inspired by a bunch of different things that we have maybe books maybe uh, we watch five minutes of a movie and we finish the rest of it mm -hmm. and we have That's a live uh, live pianist who uh, accompanies us and uh, adds score is it the, the pianist from the jazz ends no it's uh, a different pianist another improvised he's pianist he's great though no our pianist is Thomas Victorio he's an improviser he's also an amazing pianist Yeah. so if you haven't seen that it's a really fun show you should check it out and then uh, otherwise I do Friday Night's main event which is James's show yeah. and uh, other things just look on MontrealImprov.com they got a bunch of sto shows going on over there yes. and I, I do a bunch of stuff That was. Do you, do you guys know Channel 101 at all? It was like one. Of, it was Dan Harmon's, like one of his, Dan Harmon's babies from the early two thousands. Mm -hmm. Web web series. No, Every, I know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everybody like films shorts, and uh, the premise. When you said we watched five minutes of it, so apparently the premise of it was a bunch of like comedians, filmmakers, improvisers, whatever, had all got together to watch Jaws three because they heard it was real bad. Yeah. And then stopped watching it. And then as a joke, they were like, we should all finish Jaws 3. And then everybody like broke off into little teams over the course of the next month and filmed how they thought Jaws 3 should end. Probably better than what yeah, Jaws exactly. 3 actually. Yeah, exactly. So it just ended up with this weird mishmash of like, they were video shorts. Yeah. But like, like Jack Black, Dan Harmon, Rob Schraub, like a bunch oh, of people great. who like, just way back when, they were just like, yeah, let's, let's finish Jaws, Jaws 3 because this is so terrible. It made That's me think awesome. of uh, Do you have any last questions before five questions? Who's your favorite? This is just a lame question. Yeah. But whatever I do, 
whatever I do, should I get asked this all who the time? Who am I looking up to right now? No, who, who is the reason you started Myself, improv? I put mirrors is on the Is there a person ceiling. or a reason you started improv? Uh, a reason I started improv? Or professional, or pursuing it professionally. Pursuing, yeah. okay, so... Trying to get paid Well, it. okay, so professionally, <laughs> uh, it was like it was like people who I looked up to. So it was like Mark Rowland and and, uh, and Kyla, Margaret, and... Uh, oh, so you already knew like the James. local guys. These were people, and Brent Skagford, obviously, uh, DJ Mausner. These are people that I looked up to, and I said, holy shit, they're fantastic improvisers. The person who got me into improv was my mom. Uh, mm. Long story short, my family used to own the building of Montreal Improv, and she used to, she was like, oh, I know this really fun uh, couple of guys who own this like improv theater. You are a, an art, a performer. You, you are should, funny, boy. Yeah, Get out of my house. Exactly. So I tried improv. Go and do something with yourself. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Make me some DJ better. also has Matt's crossover appeal. Oh, Man. Have you ever considered trying stand-up? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would love to try it. I mean, I'm not going to say no to, to – I wouldn't say no to it for sure, but I, Andy and I did like a jokey version of improv – or of stand-up rather, and I uh, – we did it at Amanda's show where it was like people who don't do stand-up try stand-up for the first time. I, I mean, I, I had a really good time. I My tried first again. time, right, I think it's called? Yes, exactly, yeah. I definitely try it again. I, I, I'm terrified <laughs> of writing shit down, but – Let's do what I do. Just don't write jokes. Just – just riff it. <laughs> Get up and make fun I'm of Walter. Kidding! I write jokes. Fuck. <laughs> it's very. That was Walter. Walter did his uh, his album recording back in December. Yeah. And you did, and like and multiple people came up to Chris. You were like, "Great set." You were like, "I was just just bullshit." <laughs> just like, bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, no, because like there's certain there's certain liberties you take when you're an old vet. Also, I'm that an crowd. old man now in stand up. And it's like there's certain times where you're performing, and it's like you know what? I just want to have fun today. Yeah, I don't want to have the pressure of my jokes landing. And that was and I bet you did. W- uh, that's the best. That shit was the that crowd in the see. audience yeah. to do it with too. Yeah. Right? Like, so I just like literally, I worked out new material with the crowd that night. Yeah. By by throwing the shit against the wall and seeing what stuck. And and that's great. Yeah. that that I feel is the improv background. Yeah. Coming through where it's just like I don't. I have no fear in taking chances. Well, being on stage. being comfortable with the uncertainty, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's where I feel like doing that in high school and when I was younger is is just not caring about the outcome and just seeing yeah. what works. Where so I feel too many of too many performers today go in for shock or want to be too safe. They want that big reaction. They either want a big reaction or they don't. They don't want to ruffle any feathers. And it's yeah. like there's a happy medium where we could all work and play in. Where you could take chances and not be a douche. Right. Well, that requires a little bit more finesse, right? It's I don't look. I don't know much about obviously stand up and stand up writing, but like, it, do you think it's easier to just write the big shock joke? Oh, it's, oh, it's 100% easier. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 100. Yeah. I mean, that's just across the board. It's easier to be shocking. Shock. It's easier to get shock value. Right. Than anything of substance. Right. But like, all my best jokes have been fleshed out over time, whereas where you could, I could do five minutes of just. You know, Ricky Gervais oh style uh, <laughs> anger inducing shit, but right. it's like Who cares? Who cares? So where's the uh where's the improv uh stand up crossover comedy night? Yeah man, where's I think happening? about this all I think, the uh, time. Dimitri and I should yeah. talk, I think. Well I've always wanted to do a show. I saw this in Toronto and I, I, I would love to do an edition here in Montreal, but it was just improvisers do improv with stand ups. And it was one of the funniest shows that I've ever seen, man. It was at a comedy bar and I loved it. And I loved it because all the, the comedians didn't know the rules of improv and that's one of the Brent Skagford wrote this like blog he wrote this article that's on the Montreal Improv page but it's just basically titled My Level Ones Are Funnier Than You 
And essentially what it is is like you get so bogged down with like this level one to six system, which is, yeah, it works. When but do you get to Hadouken? What's that? When can you throw a Hadouken? Yeah, exactly. Where level six, actually. Yeah. But oh. it's just like you get so bogged down with all these goddamn rules about cutting and Armandos and Heralds and sweeps and, and doing premise shit and like A, B, C, D and, and group games. And you get bogged down, you, re you forget how to be funny. And like watching a stand-up not know the rules to improv is one of my favorite things in the world because it's so they're still funny. natural, right? They're just like, oh, I don't know. Was I supposed to do a thing? Just like I'm just going to do a my thing that makes their, their bitterness comes out and yeah so yeah anyway watching improvisers do improv with stand-ups I would love to do something like that hook it up hook it up, hook it uh, up. I, there's, hook there's it some up. things in my head that, are, that I'm gonna ask me true but we're off air here yeah, 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 that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. you heard it here first kids big things are coming okay <laughs> uh, so every, every show we wrap it up with five questions we ask the same three questions to every guest um, I'll give you I'll give you one I don't know and then the fourth question is the question from our last guest to you, okay. not knowing that it was going to be you. And the fifth question, so it's in the back of your mind, is what question would you like to our ask ask to our next guest? Okay. So you have that in the yeah, back yeah, of your yeah. mind. You want to you start it off? You start it off. Okay. Fine then, Chris. Uh, question number one, how does the world end, Dimitri? Oh, wow. First thing that pops in your mind. It's yeah, I think about this all the time. I think it's just like, I think it's, it, I think it's just like Blaze. Just like fired up, everything just so turns Australia. into a fireball. Yeah, like oh, Australia, totally. Australia, but over the. Yeah, I don't think any anybody's ballsy enough to launch a nuke. Uh, knock on wood, but I, I think it's just fire. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone's ballsy enough. It's just enough. fire. We're not gonna know the difference. I don't, I don't think, think anybody's gonna do it. No, <laughs> it won't. <laughs> so it's on fire. Fire. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Holy shit! I think it's to do that by that. Australia, like every. every I keep looking at those we talked we talked about before we started recording things you can't worry about or you know like I look at like satellite maps of Australia yeah, man. and seeing the quantity of fire and I'm like it's I've I've given some money to some relief but I can't think about it that much What more of a goddamn proof do you need <laughs> yeah. It's the most have you seen this it's probably the same photo that I saw man it's like from the NASA yeah. station right and then you see a continent on fire Yeah What more proof do this you need This is fine yeah, exactly. it's pretty surreal. But it's one of those things where I was like, we, you can't get too bogged down with worry. Like, I've given some money to some fire relief, and I'm like, I can't think about it. It's the other side of the planet. I can't, other, other than yeah. giving some money to fire relief, there's Ooh. nothing I can do to stop this. Yeah, fire, fi final answer. Yeah, uh, it's awful. Uh, question two. What do you do to cheer yourself up? Oh, man. Uh, I, I Like, eat a cake and uh, and watch a TV show. <laughs> Which eat, TV eat, show? A eat a cake. <laughs> yeah, eat a cake and watch a TV delicious. show. Uh, I used to be really into that. Oh. But I, like, uh, my, my uh, I, I've w eaten this one cake throughout my entire existence. My grandma used to make it. My mom used to make it. Oh. Super easy. You get a homemade cake. You're like, I'm, I'm having a bad time. I'm going to make a homemade I'm gonna cake. I'm going to ask for a homemade cake. Oh, ask for it. I thought you were making it yourself. <laughs> no, I could try to make it. But, like, essentially, <laughs> what, I haven't earned the respect <laughs> of, like, asking for the recipe. They, they've never delicacy? It's, no, not They've even. never even given you the recipe. They're like, Dimitri, I'll make it for you. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, what is this, like, ancient relic and, like, from the ancient Greek times? What's this recipe? What is it? Essentially what it is is Chips Ahoy cookies that have been dipped in milk and then stacked one layer, and then you put cream, and then you put another layer of the Dunk Chips Ahoy cookie, and you repeat that a few times, and then you wrap the whole damn thing in cream, like icing, basically, like, and then you put that in the fridge. You leave it there it for, like, soft and four days. And then it becomes a goddamn, like, it all kind of, like, uh, meshes together, right? Yeah, like, like melts congeals. together. And then makes just a uh, one piece of cookie, basically. That's great. And then you watch TV. Yeah. Or what, do you have, any? Do you have, do you have like, a go-to show? Or are you, like, I've season been, seven of Friends? Yeah, yeah. If you want some hot 
picks. Uh, watch uh, anything Tim Robinson. I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with right now. Do you guys know um, this guy? Dude, I couldn't. I couldn't. People, people. Really oh, you, uh, I think you should leave. Yeah, I couldn't. Try I, Detroiters. Try Detroiters. Try I, Detroiters. And I know he just got picked up for the second season. Yeah. And people that I like, people that I respect, people whose opinions I value, yeah. are like, I think you should leave is the funniest thing. And it's, it's great. And I, I will tell you, it's I can't get behind him as a performer. Like the second in I think you should leave, anyone else is in the weird role. Uh huh. I'm into it. Like there was like the one with Will Forte on the plane. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Tim Robinson in the in the weird role. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. Which I is often the show. Yeah. Which is which is often yeah. the show, and that's why I can't get into it. Try Detroiters. He's obviously still a bit of a whack job in that one, but it's yeah. a great I show. Just, like I said, I just it's the the writing's good. Yeah. The comedy's good. The f- I, I was like I was watching the show and it was blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like. I should enjoy the, and like I even enjoy the the fart the the whoopee cushion. Oh yeah, sketch. yeah. It's hilarious. Like yeah. I don't know if you you watched. I think you I have, and, and, and I first I was like oh, I don't know I don't care whatever this is. Yeah. But then you watch like you watch a couple of them in a row. It's like I, I you very much enjoy and respect the process. Yeah, like uh, that that's and that's the weird thing for me as a viewer. Is I'm like I can respect the comedy, I can respect the writing, I can respect whatever. It's him as a performer that doesn't doesn't click with me. The fart. Scene the whoopee cushion scene, like in he's a philistine, so we don't. <laughs> no, but like, no, but no, I'm just saying, like in principle, I was like, it's very Wait, funny. You were like, you're like, yeah. like, no, but you know, you're like, oh, if I had farted, you'd be throwing up right now, right? Because that's how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's very funny, yeah. but I just didn't. His delivery, like I was like, I was like, you're a, that that soups the soup sketch. The gazpacho. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was fucking one of the funniest sketches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's like, well, it's a little bit, you know, it's yeah. been out of the fridge for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm oops. So that in the car, obviously the car one. Oh yeah, honky if you're horny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, try Detroiters. I'll check and if out it Detroiters. isn't Detroiters, I'm I'm rewatching. I just maybe maybe I know, maybe he should yeah. stick to writing. What's that? Give I mean, it a second watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, most people I talk to, they go, oh, I didn't love it the first time. And then they rewatch it and they go, no, no, this is good. Uh, and I think, well, and that's a, I, I'm just saying, I think it's weird because I can watch it and recognize that it's good. Yeah. It's just his delivery. Like, that's For what I'm everybody. saying. I was like, yeah, I, was like, yeah, I, I can it. watch an entire sketch and be like, like, uh, like freaking Adam Sandler and funny people. I'm like, right. yeah, that's funny. Like and but it doesn't like you hit. just recognize that it's funny but yeah. you feel absolutely I re- nothing. <laughs> exactly I recognize I'm like yeah what happened to yeah, you yeah that's funny <laughs> like it's so weird well, I you know a lot he just hangs he's a long yeah. history two hundred episodes of Walter <laughs> and one hundred ninety four one hundred ninety four really with Walter no but we did the fringe stuff that didn't count yeah, 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 yeah. we've done your stuff. weird WWE math Next yeah exactly question. it's a attendance it's indoor attendance record. Of go plug yourself. Uh, tell us about the first time you lied to your parents to get away with something. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what this. I skipped school on the last day of... Uh, of uh, it was like we had like an outdoor day in high school, basically. Okay. And I was like in sec uh, five, so last year. Didn't give a shit about anything. And basically, it was the first time I, I like left school grounds, which is a big no-no, to go smoke pot. Oh, uh, but that's y- legal now. It's legal now, so I can talk about it. I can that finally talk about it. That would still be illegal, though. Statue of limitations. Go on. So I came back, and basically I got in trouble, and, and I, I walked back onto school property, just annihilated. And there was just a school monitor there, and she walked up to us, because we're like walking oh, on so school like property. Oh, like a narc. A narc got you. Yeah, yeah, and she came on, and she was like, uh, she's like, hey, where, are you, where were you kids? And I was like, we were to? just like hanging out. We were at the depth, and they're like, bullshit, what are your names? And I was just like, I just couldn't figure out 
how to just give a fake name in that moment. So you I went to a big enough school that a fake name would have. So gone? I just gave. Oh, it was, yeah, it was a big class, and like I just gave my real name. Yeah, which a fucking idiot. So anyway, they called up my parents and stuff, and they ended up finding Couldn't out. Have been like but Todd I told them I was just guy. like I wasn't with those guys. I don't know what was the deal. I was coming back from the depth getting a slushy, and I uh, I don't know what happened. I think I got tossed in. <laughs> I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And uh, they did not it? buy it. They did not or did No, I got suspended for a few days. Oh. And they were like, you were smoking pot. I was like, no, I'd never do no, that. No, I was just buying a slushie. And then I'm just going gonna, gonna to be honest. Wow. My dad gives me a ton of weed now. <laughs> and that's nice. where we are. That's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, Chris, your last host episode. Ben Miner wants to know. We had, we oh, had Ben Miner, uh, head of uh, Sirius XM Comedy there. On Canada. Canada Laughs. That's the one. What, what way are you trying to make yourself better? Wow. I am trying to put myself... I'm trying to work with people who are way better than me. Nice. All the time. I'm trying to work with people. I'm trying to work with people who are just like... Just been doing this a lot longer than me. Producing shows. Doing improv. Doing sketch. Writing. Uh, yeah, how to start a business. Just any way possible. I'm trying to work with people who are just way better at that than I am. It's great life advice. It is good. You. Yeah, you got to be humble. You got to know that you're not... People. You're not the expert of everything, man. And you just got to be able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. The minute you realize you don't know shit is the minute you're free to learn everything. Bingo. Walter had, does not practice that theory at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, Walter just surrounds himself by people he likes <laughs> and then just rolls with that. <laughs> uh, Dimitri's and, question, right? And the, uh, and the, yeah, I'm giving him time to think. Are you think you have one? Uh, give me a minute. Yeah, so usually we, there's, a, there's a pander moment yeah. of where we just... We, so I, I believe Walter, to his benefit, I think, has just been like, I don't like a lot of people. But the people that I do like, I would like to work with. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll call it. And then, and by like, I mean... The I have a different theory. You're like, the people who will put up with me, I'll just kind of... I'll just kind of sink Walt up. Walt is a singular genius, and we're all very lucky to have him. I'll try to, I'll try to sink up. He'll never... Blah, blah, He'll never blah. get to our one hour, 15 minutes into this podcast. We're at 115. It's pretty nice, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's it's my fa- that's my favorite podcast time, 75 minutes. Yeah, but it's felt, it's felt way, it's felt like it's good. Know, it's shorter. Very, this is one for the comedy fans, though. Like, I think it's one for a lot of comedy. You brought an improver and a guest host stand-up Comic-Con, oh. and you made one for the comedy fans, you say. Yeah, it's on <laughs> purpose. You fucking visionary. It's on purpose. <laughs> I thought this whole podcast was going to be about fucking Iran. I mean, we easily could have made it about that. I house. loved it. I was, I was, I was I hoping was like, I that loved you were going to be here because I wanted. To, I love to f- meet into the minds, man. I want to know how the other half lives. There's yeah. never any crossover, there's man. There's not much. And, there's and not and a lot. There's since not DJ a lot. left, there's even less crossover. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It is true. It's, but I, it's I, so I, weird. I was going to say, just because you, uh, Dimitri, is like an improv star, Chris Vendito, your uh, stand-up comedy star, uh, doesn't mean that we can't spend the whole hour talking about the Habs. Chris and I did that once. Oh, man, I'd Walter, love to. Walter, Walter was, it was, when Walter was back, was uh, the full-time host, Chris was going to be the guest. Walter got sick. Chris and I were like, screw it, we're just talking about the Habs for an hour. And that we did it. It did fine. Yeah. Guess what? We've been running long enough that we have a, a download <laughs> subscriber base that it like it maybe did a little less than some episodes. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't like no, no drop. Can we get like a Twitter? hot take on the Habs, like a real quick round? We could do yeah, go ahead. Like a really quick one. Uh real quick hot take on I think Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk signing's fine. Yes. Any it's hundred percent. There's no there's no risk if you send him down to the HL at 70,000. People are like, hey, he's washed up. I'm like, who cares? What if he lights it up? Thomas Tatar was washed up, and now he's the biggest scorer. Look, Bergman has cares? a track record of bringing in these people, like and dummy And worst comes to worst, he's Alexander Semin, and you yes. pitch him down to the HL, slash he goes back to the KHL, don't care. Look, I forgot Alexander Semin existed on the Canadians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who cares? I also think that the, 
this Kovalchuk thing needs to be the last experiment of the season. And if it doesn't work, you get on board the tank machine and it yeah. doesn't matter. I'm like, I'm, I think Carey Price was already there. I'm like, oh, you're going to shoot the teams? You're going to score four goals? I'll still lose the game. Mm -hmm. Because finishing eighth, we're going to get smoked. Finishing ninth, you don't even get a playoff team. The worst place we can be. Is yeah. ninth. But yeah. even eighth, I'm like, you're not going to. This is not a Stanley Cup contending team. Yeah. I'm like, just don't. Like, if you're Carey Price and you're one of the few players who can drag a team to the playoffs, uh -huh. don't. Like, it's not to anyone's benefit. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, so what does Bergevin do right now? What Bergevin does right now is you give, like... Gray doesn't get fired. Yeah, well, I'm right? just saying you give, you give, you give Paling and Suzuki and Lekkonen a bunch give of minutes. Give them some top minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What's, that's it. And what's then, worse that can happen? And, yeah. that's, and that's what you do. Yeah. And you just throw it in. You're not going to be able to get as low as Detroit, but whatever. It's a lottery now. It's a little more Yeah, there's weighted. no chance. We're, we're not beating them there. But, yeah. uh, no, I, I like everything. I think, this, I think honestly, is a grand scale thing. I think this culture is absolutely eating the, this franchise. Well, we because they can't. This city will not accept a team that doesn't make the playoffs for four or five years in a row. But it's such That's bullshit, problem, man. It's, it's such fans. bullshit because it's just like draft like like gunning and not giving up these assets to make the team better when they need to be better instead of like trying to tank and get Lafreniere of trying to draft these French players of trying to trying to do so many things to please like, the fans I, I, of the culture has like, been ruining this team but for dude, years I, man I, ironically though the one time there's a French kid to go after Yes. And we're not tanking. And we're we, not don't, tanking. we don't try to go after I was him. like, I, I love him, and I honestly think he has a strong spot in the future of the Habs. Yeah. But I'm like, what? Like, can you imagine the deadline value of healthy Brendan Gallagher? I'm like, you're going to get stuff for Brendan Gallagher, dude. Like, like, you know, like, he's a spark plug that would give, like, any playoff uh -huh. bubble team would pay through the teeth. And I don't. Yeah, I'm but that ship sailed when they gave Price an eight-year contract. Man. I know it's so. They were saying, they like, have traded Price a year ago. Yeah. I love Carey Price. I'm, I, I love him to death. I, I mean, I I, but yeah. they should never have given him a contract. But extension. you think they weren't going to? Man, he's the face of the franchise. No, I know, yeah, I yeah. know. But if they were serious about rebuilding, oh yeah, instead of just like half. But they're never serious but that's about what rebuilding. I'm that's what I'm talking about. This bullshit about just like he's the face of the franchise. He's a, everybody loves Carey Price. There can't be a Montreal Canadiens without the Carey Price. So we're not going to trade him off while his potential is highest when we get the biggest return for him. So we're going to sign him to this you insane deal. I will, I, will, I will say, and I think we talked about this on the Habs episode, I was like, the market for goalies is not what it used to be. No. Like, and, I, and, I, and I still think Carey Price is all world. I still think he's amazing, whatever. But when, when Luongo moved for nothing, Schneider moved for nothing, I'm like, yeah, you can't, you can't tr we wouldn't have got, like, we wouldn't have gotten what Carey Price was worth. We wouldn't have gotten anything remotely close to it. People would not trade for a franchise. I don't goalie. know if you traded him two years ago when he had two years left on his deal at six million. That's insane value. Mm. It's too much money for a goalie, man. Now look at, look at Bobrovsky. Money, yeah. Look at like, the, dude, yeah. the, the, the Bobrovsky's under nine uh, point nine, right? So it's yeah. just like, anyway, so over seven. Anything over seven million is crazy for a goalie. They have ups yeah. and downs because you don't need like, a goalie to win. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, I think. Uh, anyway, I, I know my question. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Yeah, I, just because uh, I guess staying on theme. Improv's a thing where you have to embrace your failures constantly. Every right. single set has like a ton of failures. You say something doesn't work, and you go, "Cool, I'm going to move on to something else." My question for the next guest, I guess, is: Has there ever been a moment where you failed so hard you actually came out from it a better performer, producer, whatever, a better person? Let's say, where you failed so hard, yeah, or you a failing came moment, or out better for it. Uh, so usually the hosts answer this. I can answer mine immediately. Uh, I got divorced. And like and it sounds shitty, but I was like I learned so much about like relationships and love and what wow. it means to be with a person going through a divorce 
that I completely retooled what I found attractive in people, what I was drawn to in people, what made me happy in a relationship, and my dating life vastly improved, and then I found the love of my life, and we've been together 12 years. But it was like the, the monstrous failure of like... It makes you wonder how fucking old is he, he is, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Like, how fucking old are you? Sarah and I have been together 12 years, Yeah, brother. and you had another life. And I was that. divorced. I no, can't, but that's but it. Because he dresses... Ni- I, don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> he dresses like he's 19, <laughs> yeah. and it's like... Shit. No, but that's it. But like, but just, just flaming out in a relationship so hard to the point where like you're so sure of something that I got married, right. had to deal with the legal ramifications of undoing it. Wow. Thank God I didn't own anything because there's nothing to go after. Or whatever. Right. Shitty, shitty divorce. Uh, and like, but it was just like I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, a, I'm an idiot. I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I, sh- what I thought was attractive was not attractive. Mm. Like. The like the qualities that I was looking for in a partner are not the qualities that you sh- like. It was just again such a fantastic flame out that the type of people I dated, even the girls I dated before meeting Sarah, like was just a, such a drastic shift. You're like, I'm an idiot. Right. I need to rethink relationships. Change and I was and I was and yeah. I was lucky, I guess, that I did that young in a way because I think that a lot of people end up doing that. Like they have their divorce in their 30s, and you're like, oh no. How do I, I might date? Do, yeah, how do yeah. I even talk Great to people? Great advice for the kids out there. Have your divorces. <laughs> get your divorces. You're young. If get you those can. out of the way. If you yeah. can. Get in on the ground floor on divorces. Get a divorce early 20s. That's where you want your divorce. Because then after that, baby, it's all... all you learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, same question. Flamed out so spectacularly. Next door. Oh. Uh, Chris pointed the in comedy, the direction the comedy of works. the burnt down relic of the comedy uh, <laughs> 27 years old and trying to run a comedy club with no money. Hey. Teach you a lot about b- the business, and, and then it burned down. Loyalty and just you know it's the way you, you had that warnings question. too, and that's the other thing too. You had warning signs, right? Like I should never have done it. Yeah, that was that my was, career would probably be in a way different place now if I didn't do it. That was that was that was the marriage too. I was like, there were warning signs. You're like, I could I could do this. It's like the hubris because you I, you I knew straight up. Like like Walter was like, it's garbage. No, it's awful. I mean. But there was a sense of responsibility because, like, comedy had been so good to me. And I yeah, had and you so were like, I'm going to give back. I'm going to give people time who deserve it. I'm going to do this. Like, you yeah, were, your heart was in the right spot. It was, I guess, but, like, I had, I had, at that point, I was, you know, just on a, just a good trajectory. And you were like, I'm now like, I manage a comedy club. Bam, bam, bam. No, but it's like, I, I felt like if I didn't do it, they were going to turn it into a, a burlesque space. Yeah. And we were going to lose a comedy venue. And so it's like I saw, there's like a, a false sense of duty. Yeah, yeah you were like Montreal comedy. Like, oh, I gotta do this, this, I gotta this do for the scene for the com- for the community. Right. Where in reality, it's like I should have just let it die. Wow. Yeah. And I think I, I think that's that's the ultimate lesson. Is I feel you need to like you need to fail to recognize when to say no. Right. And right. if there's like if I, I also think there's a there's a big thing when I said like hubris, like. There's a big thing about like acknowledging warning signs where there's like a weird moment where you're invincible and you're like, all these warning bells are going off mm-hmm. and you're like, no, but I'm better than that. I'm like, no, warning bells, like trust, your, trust yourself. Yeah. Warning bells are going off for yeah. a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, if there's all these signs telling you not to do a thing. Yeah. God trust you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know about necessarily for works, but like just using my relationship example, like buddies who knew me for a long time are like, are you sure, man? I'm like. And I'm like, yeah, hey, get out of here. You talk bad about her, screw you. That's the funny thing about the thing next door is that people will be like, 
friends around me were like, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Also, no, but like, I don't really have a choice. But like, I got to save, save Montreal comedy. I know, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the <laughs> enormous ego that yeah, it takes. Yeah. But that's it. But part, part of it is trusting your buddies who know you, who know, what, who know the situation. You're like, you know, there's warning bells for a reason. Yeah. Uh, uh, great time. So we talked about your improv shows already at the top. Uh, Chris, yep. do you have anything you want to show? You're starting uh, Word Fight again. Yeah, Word Fight's back. Roast Battles, uh, January 18th. Nice. Coming up. That's what we're going to talk to Dimitri about. Maybe get some improvers doing some Roast Battles. Oh, oh that'd be cool. That'd be great. Yeah, ah, that'd be yeah. fun. Uh, I, I run a monthly Roast Battle show. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. No, that'd be great, man. That'd be a fun thing. This is what we're talking I about. Feel, I feel yeah. improv is just way too friendly. They're like, you're no, way man. too no, funny. No, Wait, no. Have you ever seen James? Everything no, 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 no. Have you seen James host Friday Night's Main Event? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, what I'm talking because about. Because he works heel. He knows how to be a heel. Yes, he does. Yes, he from does. everything I've gar- gathered from Dimitri in our conversation here tonight, I feel like an impro- the improvers would really enjoy this kind exactly. of space to be whatever they want to yeah, do. Perfect. Yeah. So you heard it your first, kids. I don't know. The future future of comedy, uh, stand-up comedy, improv overlap happening here. This is it. This is the, the, the greatest crossover since... Crossover uh, since Arrow. Go plug yourself. <laughs> yeah, since the multiverse. Go plug yourself 198. Thanks so much, Dimitri. That was awesome. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.